Apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at ten, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs good morning and welcome to throwing jabs i am joe mcguire along with jared jones jace garcia got a girlfriend so uh he's out today uh, we miss Jason and hopefully we'll see him soon. A uh, couple of big fights that we have to preview for tonight in the UFC at 275. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll also talk about who the biggest draws in this sport are and who they should be. But first, let's talk about last weekend's fight. We did not see this coming and maybe we should have. Uh, Alexander Volkov just lit Jerzinio Rosenstreich up and finished him in the first round, came out super aggressive. You know, I, I think one of the big problems that Rosenstreich has is his tendency to wait. He's a very patient fighter, and Volkov gave him no chance in this fight. Just straight up brought it to him. I think for Rosenstroik, it's you're all the way to the back of the line now, champ. Like that's your way out. Meanwhile, Volkov, just when you kind of think, I don't know, he he shows that he belongs. Oh yeah, he's still here. 
Um, and I, I agree with you. Rosenstruck starts so slow that he just got run over. And um, not exactly what I saw coming, but to be fair, uh, the versatility of Volkov is why I picked him. I figured he could win this way, or he could submit him, or he could out-wrestle him, or, you know, just uh, standing with your face out and trading big punches, he might lose, but that's not how you play this game, so... Good win for Volkov. Like you said, the guy's still alive in this game. He, he's beaten a lot of really good fighters in that division. And again, not that I mean, Rosenstreich's, you know, it's been a it's been a rough go of late for him. Really, since since the Nganu fight, uh Rosenstreich just to me isn't the same guy. Meanwhile, you know, Volkov. You know, it's it's funny. I I think about the the loss to Lewis in the closing seconds of that fight, and I remember Jared. I was talking to my brother about it, and I was like, you know, these these Russians, these like Eastern European guys, they don't celebrate at the end of a fight. Ten, fifteen seconds left. They're not going to start dancing around the ring. Sometimes to their own detriment. In the case of Volkov, I mean, that was a a win that he took away from himself. And from that point on, Derek Lewis, along with Francis Ngannou and then Cyril Gan, kind of became the face of the division, and Volkov kind of fell off because of that. And um, it's it's good to see him get back on track because I think with that size and with that skill set, I think he's still a really dangerous guy. So huge win for him. Um I definitely didn't think that was going to happen. I had such a bad feeling Rosenstroik was going to land one. But again, like you said, we kind of already discussed this. He's too patient. He's got to get some aggressiveness back inside him. Meanwhile, there was quite a boxing match the other night. Devin Haney beat George Cambasos Jr. to become the undisputed lightweight champion. These scores were pretty solid, 116-112, 116-112. And 118-110. I'm probably more on this. more. I'm closer to 118-110 than 116 to 112. Yes. Cambasos couldn't get anything going. And, you know, uh, he jabbed him to death. Just, just like we knew he would. Again, it would be like, I feel like Devin Haney doesn't hurt people at all. He's like uh He's like a gnat. He just doesn't go away, constantly jabbing. He's a smart fighter. I mean, the guy knows how to box. Make really no mistake good. about that. I still, the, the, the lack of power and of a knockout punch, no offense to George Cambasos, Jared, but this is a scrappy guy who didn't belong, proved he belonged, still probably doesn't belong, isn't quite in that elite category. This guy's going to be a gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. He's on his way. He's going to be a gatekeeper. Uh, Haney's really good. Haney's better than I thought he was. Um, and uh, side note, another guy who fights a little bit like him and uh, Boots Enos. If you saw Stephen Fulton, I told you to check out. Yep. Did you see the Stephen Fulton fight? That kid can bang, man. Had to had to mention Stephen Fulton here. Uh, I came on during the Haney fight, but 
it reminded me of some of those best. I go right back to George St. Pierre versus Josh Koscheck with the jab, with the jab being the longest punch. And if you can't get past the jab, you can't do anything. Uh, Winky Wright versus Felix Trinidad. You know, you have to get past that first long. And if you can't, I think Winky Wright hit him like through 600 jabs in that fight or something. If you watch Winky Wright versus Felix Trinidad, it's one of the greatest jabbing displays you've ever seen. And it's the best and easiest and most effective way to win a fight. And I thought Cambosis would uh, just throw more jabs. You jab with a jabber, you know? So throw more jabs, walk him down, out volume, and Haney was just too good. This is a different level. Uh, Devin Haney is very, very good. I'm on the train now. I believe this guy can be a world champion. But like you said, the punching power's got to come. When you're that technically gifted, you got to look for the spots, and uh, the punching power has to come. Yeah, you know, again, I mean, my, my concern is you get into the ring with a Loma or – you know, somebody of that ilk, a Terrence Crawford somewhere down the line. I don't think that that is going to work. Mm. You know, Ken Bossos really couldn't get any offense going. I don't think that's going to be a problem for the elite guys in this division. And that's my concern for anybody is he's a great boxer. And um, to be able to neutralize a guy for 12 rounds, the champion, no, no less for 12 rounds is uh, it's, clearly speaks volumes uh, about that man's future. But you don't want to be in there 12 rounds with Tank. No, you definitely don't. And again, that's where, right? I mean, that knockout power definitely is going to come into play because Tank don't plan on going 12. For sure. <laughs> now, maybe the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world. Nayla, in a way, knocked out Nonito Donaire in the second round of Unify, the WBA, WBC, and IBF bantamweight titles, these guys went the distance in a, a split draw. Um, the last time they were, uh, you know, they faced off. This was so impressive from Inouye, man. Uh, he just battered and beat down Denair. Um had him up against the ropes, kind of lit him up. It, it was amazing. Denaire stayed on his feet for as long as he did, uh, and and then uh, he did he did beat the count. Had no idea where he was or what was going on, and that was the end of that. Uh, but but in a way, it just continues to be one of the top pound for pound guys in in all of combat sports. He's got so much power. He he's so skilled. He can take a punch. I mean, it, this is a great fighter, Jared. It's a guy you talked about a lot. the The first couple of years of this show. What what can you say about Inouye at this point? Um, he's 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 one of my guys that I'm real proud of. You know, I picked out a few guys when we started this show. Uh, Savannah Marshall, uh, Inouye, Alexander Usyk, and people went who. Yeah, you know him now. Um, this kid is quite possibly the greatest pound-for-pound -pound 
puncher on the planet. No, no, no Nito Donaire to 40 years old on this his whole life. One of the greatest upper echelon. And just when you thought he was too old in his last fight, he mopped the floor with the next best guy and got another shot at it anyway. Um, quote, I would say that was the hardest punch I've ever been hit with. The first round. I came out completely blank. Talking about for the second round. I, it was fortunate the referee stopped the fight because I would have kept going. The punch you don't see is the one that really hurts. I didn't see that punch coming at all. We had a good game plan. I was in tremendous shape. I got so caught up with wanting to brawl. And that was my biggest flaw. So this is one of the greatest fighters of all time. This is a Hall of Fame guy. Hands down, if you ask me, easily no Nito Donaire is a Hall of Fame guy who, 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 who is not falling off at the end of his game, even though he's 40. We've seen that he is every bit as good as the rest of these. If he's lost a step, it's Holly Holm type lost a step where he's still on that level. And this guy just walked right through him like a buzzsaw. And Ayu Inouye, if you don't know who this guy is, you're not paying attention. If you're a boxing fan, this is one of the names you need to know. Not in a way, but like definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I I, uh, I I saw that the fight was on, I think, at like 5.30 in the morning. And I didn't watch it at 5.30. I watched it around 8 a.m. And I was all set for like, you know. A long fight, and it, and it, you know, I got myself all prepped up, and it, it that just did not last as long as I thought it was going to last. But it certainly ended the way I suspected it would. So great win for for Inouye, who at this point is battling Bud Crawford for the top spot, pound for pound, in boxing. And again, after finishing off, as you said, one of the great fighters. Uh, of this generation in Nonito Donaire, uh, you know, continues to really cement his legacy. All right. He's not here for this, but uh, Jace has given us a who you got. It's the reality check. I'm going to read this so that we understand what the parameters are. <laughs> I want us to take a look at the biggest draws in boxing and MMA. Who are the biggest active draws right now for each combat sport? It doesn't necessarily need to be who sells more pay-per-views or who gets the most press or has the most followers and stuff that we should take into account, too. Now, uh, with all affecting who the current biggest draws are, who should be the biggest draws in boxing and MMA solely based on skill set? You want to give this a go first? I've got some thoughts. All right. Um, I did this in order of um, the first five. I did five of each. These are biggest active draws, and some of them deserve it. Canelo deserves it. So we're going backwards. Most deserving to least deserving. I have Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz as two very good draws. Um, and then on the way down, you've got Conor McGregor at four, 
and the Paul brothers at five um, and don't deserve the draw that they get. Some of those guys, I mean, Masvidal and Diaz, as exciting as they are, Canelo for as good as he is, you got to say, well, okay, they should be big draws. On the other side, um, uh, Alexander Yusik obviously has a belt, but still I don't believe gets the recognition he deserves and isn't putting up the kind of numbers for sales that he ought to be getting. He's one of the best fighters on the planet. You know I'm going to say Baturbiev here. Um, I think Loma doesn't get nearly what he deserves. He fought bigger guy. He lost two bigger guys than him and uh, is, is technically the most sound fighter in the game, I think. Um, Savannah Marshall should be a much bigger draw. You look at her numbers and look at Clarissa Shields' numbers and think about the fact that she's better than Clarissa Shields and has wanted that fight since she turned pro. And tell me what the draw numbers should look like. Savannah Marshall belongs on this list. And last, we just got done talking about him in a way. Monster, perfect name. Kid's a monster. This is a beast. In a way, you, every should be a household name and is not. Should be the, the biggest draw in the game or one of. I left Bud Crawford off this list on purpose because I know it'll be on yours. Yeah, he'll be headlining my list, uh, right? I mean, I think for the same reason for some of the guys that you just mentioned, you look and see what Terrence Crawford knocked out the last nine guys he's faced, trying to get the best guys he can. Nobody wants to fight Bud Crawford, who is so vanilla, who is is such a dad, but He's great the boxer. Duncan of boxing. Yeah, really. And and again, for Bob Arum, couldn't figure out how to promote a black guy from Omaha, Nebraska with kids uh, <laughs> that he spends time with when he's not training. And it's like, dude, this is everything we want a professional athlete to be. And you can't promote that guy because he doesn't shit talk other people. Is that it? Because he's a nice guy. He shakes hands with everybody. He's, I mean, what? This is the I, It blows my mind, yeah. yeah. The problem is he wants to promote him like, like a Floyd or an Ali or somebody who's real brash. And you need to promote him as if he's, as, as a good guy, as a nice guy. Pro promote him as the wholesome, everyday family man. This is a man, it's, to be fair... And I don't want to go off in the wrong direction right here, but it's it's exactly what America needs. Like, don't we need a little less Deontay Wilder in the world right now? Don't we need a little less Will Smith in the world right now? I think Bud Crawford and injecting who that human being is into this game humanizes the characters we work with and our fan base, the worst part of it, believes we're just a bunch of meatheads smacking each other around for a half hour at a time. Bud Crawford should be the face of this game. If you don't know how to promote him, you're an idiot. He should be the face of this game because he's not Deontay Wilder. He's not Teofimo Lopez. He's not Floyd Mayweather. He's not Jake Paul. Um, uh, Nurmagomedov. These are guys that at their prime should be put out there to the public as the greatest out there. And 
Yeah, they don't talk a lot of shit. You know, their Instagram following numbers aren't good enough. I'm looking at punch stats, homie. <laughs> so I had Crawford and Inouye as my as my two boxers, uh, guys who you know. And I know, I mean, I know Inouye's your guy. So my two MMA people are, I think, personally, maybe two of the greatest in their divisions and in their respective uh, sexes. Valentina Shevchenko is maybe the most well-rounded fighter in the sport. Male, female, size, doesn't matter. Pound for pound, I would take Valentina Shevchenko in a fight anywhere against anybody. Eight knockouts, seven submissions, seven decisions. She beat you anyway, any way you want, any way she wants. What she did to Jessica Andrade. Uh, when she heard that they were like, well, she'll out grapple you. And Valentina was like, no, no, she won't. I'm going to show you a new side of me grappling like the best grappler in the world. And then on the men's side, I don't think this guy gets the respect he deserves. Kamara Usman to the point where there's still times where he's fighting other Americans and Kamara Usman by the way is an American citizen um and people will be chanting USA for the other guy and it's like you know this guy's from Texas right <laughs> stop that Kamara Usman I think might be the best welterweight ever I'm not, I've never been a big fan of George's St. Pierre, so it's not going to take too many more fights before I'll start making the argument about Usman. I This guy goes in the ring, dude. He's beaten the bejesus out of Covington, uh, out, out of Masvidal, and anybody who we even think has a chance against this guy. And he'll take you a second or third time if he, he don't care. He likes to beat people up. He's really good at it. He doesn't have any particularly outstanding skills is the other thing about Usman. He's pretty good at everything. Not great at any one thing. And he still finds a way to beat the crap out of everybody. When I, I'll tell you right now, when I, when I first really got into this sport, um, Tyron Woodley was the champ. And I was, I was like, dude, I, that's my guy. I love this dude. There's just something about him. I really liked him. And he fought Usman. And as good as I thought Woodley was, I was like, oh, Jesus. Like, that's how much better you can be at this than another guy. It was the first real time, like, where I, I sort of thought of that, like, when you're the number one guy and you're elite and you're just, you're just a step above everybody else, and they're all fighting for the two spot. And that's what Kamran Usman is right now. And I'd love to see him move up. And I I think the only reason he doesn't is because of friendship and loyalty. And that's wrong. Ah. <laughs> that's wrong. But yeah, that's my that's a pretty good list. I like um, Usman. Like Usman on that list. I didn't ask Jace for his list, but I'm wondering if there's maybe if you have any thoughts on who Jace would put on this list. Oh uh, well, Tyson Fury makes both lists. Yeah. 
Um, probably Jim Marshall from the from the Giants, just because he's a lineman. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anthony Johnson, because we have to say his name. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny what you just said about Usman being number one and number two and yada da yada da yada da. Uh, the guy Donaire just fought and mopped up was probably the three guy. So that same situation in uh, the feather in, in boxing with Inouye, who just smashed two, who smashed three. There's nobody else there. So Usman, yeah, another relatively quiet guy who doesn't get nearly the amount of press he, he should be getting for the fighter he is. Oh, big Jace weighing in. All jokes aside, Jace is... um. A little under the weather, said his voice was shot. Uh, he says Shevchenko should have been the main event tonight. <sighs> you know, listen, Glover, Teixeira, you know, Teixeira Prohaska, I think that, I mean, there's not a lot of other fights that would have bumped Shevchenko to co-main event. I, I do think that's one of them. I do. And we'll talk, obviously, about that fight shortly. Uh Jace also says Usman's takedown defense is the best of the best. What do you mean he doesn't do any one thing great? Take There's guys down. that have 100% takedown uh, stop, so relax. Relax. He is very good at that. He was also a college wrestler. So that's really good, but he's not the only guy that does that. So Also, his ability to put people's lights out is pretty impressive for a wrestler. Uh, and his last comment, anyway, needs to come to America. A 5 a.m. fight on Monday is going to get you the respect you deserve. This was the inspiration for the who you got. Oh. That makes sense. A little context beforehand would have been even better. <laughs> and and he's exactly right. I mean, uh, you know, I think it's time for, in a way, to be on that big stage. Clearly, he deserves it. I mean, if we're right, Terrence Crawford's already center stage. He should be the face of the sport. I think Valentina and Usman are, I mean, certainly get the recognition they deserve here. Maybe not to everybody and not in a big enough way, but yeah, straight up in a way that's, that's ridiculous that that guy's still fighting on the other side of the planet all the time. Or though maybe that's just us thinking that, you know, being in America is the be all end all of the sporting world. <laughs> Ought to be Although it is. Yeah. Gary Russell. Um, Come over and fight Gary Russell. That's what you do. There See you go. You soon, All right. Uh, we got a couple of fights that we've got to preview. The main and the co-main event tonight at UFC 275. We will do that right after this quick break from our sponsor. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. 
Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Night in the co-main event of UFC 275, pound for pound, Queen Valentina Shevchenko defends her women's flyweight championship against Talia Santos. Let's break it down. Talia Santos is 28 years old. She's 5'6 with a 68-inch reach and a record of 19-1 with 10 knockouts. From Aragua do Sol, Brazil, she began training in Muay Thai at 16 years old under the tutelage of her father, later taking up Brazilian jiu-jitsu before making her professional debut of November of 2013 with a unanimous decision. She then won her next 12 with 11 finishes before knocking out Laisa Coimbra in 87 seconds with a body shot to win the Aspera FC Bantamweight Championship. After a two-year layoff, she was invited to compete on Dana White's Contender Series Brazil in 2018, earning her UFC contract with a unanimous decision over Estefani Almeida. She made her official UFC debut on February 2, 2019, dropping a split decision to Mara Barella, but bounced back over a year later with a unanimous decision over meatball Molly McCann. Five months later, she defeated Jillian Robertson by decision and followed it up with a clear-cut decision over UFC veteran Roxana Modafiari, controlling the fight with her superior striking and wrestling. On November 20, 2021, she earned her first performance of the night with a dominant display over Joanne Wood, driving her twice in the first round before submitting her via rear naked choke. An immensely powerful counter-striker, Santos is exceptional at cutting off the cage and also possesses solid grappling skills, averaging 2.4 takedowns per minute while boasting an impressive 88% takedown defense. Valentina Bullet Shevchenko is 34 years old. She's 5'5 with a 66.5-inch reach and a record of 22-3 with 8 knockouts and 7 submissions. From Baishek, Kragistan, her mother, Elena, a Muay Thai world champion, got her into martial arts at the age of 5, and by the time she was 12, began her kickboxing career, amassing a record of 52-2, but winning 8 gold medals in international competition before making the switch to MMA. She won her first seven fights by stoppage before losing to Liz Carmucci by a controversial doctor stoppage after suffering a nasty eye cut from an illegal upkick. After racking up five more wins, she dropped a decision to all-time great Amanda Nunes, but bounced back with a dominant performance over Holly Holm and a performance of the night armbar submission of Juliana Pena to set up a rematch with Nunez for the Bantamweight title. In an exciting and highly tactical fight, Shevchenko dominated the action, but came up short, losing by a razor-thin split decision. After moving back down to flyweight, she submitted Priscilla Cachueta via rear naked choke and then dominated her old kickboxing rival Joanna Jacek to claim the vacant title. In her first defense, she knocked out Jessica I with a perfectly timed highlight reel head kick and then got a revenge on Liz Carmucci with a dominant unanimous decision. Next, she defended against Caitlin Chikagian and after controlling the fight with punches, grappling, and even flashing a spinning wheel kick, she caught Chikagian in a crucifix landing a barrage of punches to force the stoppage. Following a unanimous decision over Jennifer Maia, she made her fifth defense against Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu specialist Jessica Andrade. Beating her at her own game, she scored multiple takedowns before catching her in a crucifix and stopping her with a brutal onslaught of elbows. On September 25, 2021, she took on tough Lauren Murphy, dominating her throughout with her striking before stunning her in the fourth 
with a vicious head kick and nine unanswered punches, followed by a grounded pound. Perhaps the most well-rounded fighter in all of MMA, Shevchenko is an excellent counter-striker with an extremely high fight IQ, the exceptional ability to gauge distance, usually with a leg kick before and after a flurry, and possess some of the most diverse strikes in elite-level grappling in the sport. Consantos use her immense strength and power to hurt the champion and shake up women's MMA, or a bullet put on another consummate display of her skills to break the record for most title defenses in UFC women's history and cement her legacy as the best pound-for-pound woman in the sport. Tune in Saturday night to UFC 275, and let's find out. Yes, sir, no doubt about it. Uh, Shevchenko versus Santos, co-main event at UFC 275. Jared, what does Santos got to do to win this fight? Um... Three strongest fighters Shevchenko ever fought. Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena, Liz Carmouche. Agreed? Yep. She's two and three in those fights. Is Celia Santos stronger than Pena, Nunes, Carmouche? I'll give her two out of three of those. Um, you can pick which two. I'm not necessarily picking Santos because I think she's going to win or would have picked it if you dropped it into my lap. But at plus 400, and this is the girl I picked years ago when who is the next great female UFC fighter conversation came up for who you got, I took Santos as the next one. So the same way Cyril Gaon ran into Nganu, where I saw a guy a long time ago and said, this is the future of the heavyweight division and ran into a guy who's just, there we are again. I'm taking Santos. Um, it's not one of my most confident picks, but I think she's strong enough to get it done. And Shevchenko, sooner or later, doesn't it have to be... Uh, doesn't there have to be some kind of fall off? We saw with Nunes in her last fight. We didn't think Pena was going to do that. Just a strong girl trading punches with her. Younger. Little younger. Little stronger. I don't think she's as technically gifted as Shevchenko, but I don't think anybody is. And uh, she's lost fights before. So plus 400 is way too big for a 28-year-old girl in her prime That's that may be the strongest female in the division. Santos. Solid points. Uh, she's definitely struggled with um, the the bigger, stronger girls. It, although it's it's not like she's been dominated in any of those fights. They've generally come down to being razor thin, split decisions. And I think this time, because of who she is, the decision goes her way. I think this is going to be like blood sport. I think this is going to be. A vicious battle between these two. I think it's going to be a great fight. I, I'm not rooting against Bullet. There's no way. I, I just, to me, too well-rounded. You're right. I mean, right at some point, you're you're probably going to lose. But, eh, it doesn't feel like tonight. Not well, on my I, special I, night. Not when my man Prohaska is also going to get his hand raised. You know what I mean? It would be wrong if Shevchenko lost. 
I couldn't deal with that, Jared. Yeah, and I think I think she might though. Does this not look like every one of those fights we just saw about the uh, Lopez Loma? All these little upsets we've seen: Cambosis, Juliana Pena. This just looks like that. During the week, uh, uh, Shevchenko had some great comments because Santos talking a lot of junk. And she was like, every girl does that. Like, I see weakness in Valentina's game. And then we get to the ring and you find out, like, there are none. (laughs) (laughs) And that could be it. This could be just a totally, there are levels to this. And Santos could be completely out, out skilled. And those are the two things I see. If these girls are on the same level, Santos can win this fight. If they're not, it's because Shevchenko's way better. Yeah. Santos doesn't come in and just dominate and we're like, oh man, she's so much better. I don't think that's what happens. It's not gonna be Volkov running running through Rosenstrom. Yeah, that I, I that is definitely for sure. Now, um there is a second fight. Jace thinks that the one we're t- we just talked about should be the, the main event. Uh, it is co-main event, and the reason being, here is our main event for UFC 275. Great night, live from Singapore, the UFC returns with the light heavyweight championship on the line in the main event as champion Glover Teixeira defends his title for the first time against the electrifying Yuri Prohaska. Let's break it down. Yuri Prohaska is 29 years old. He's six foot four with an 80-inch reach and a record of 28 and three with 25 knockouts and two submissions. From Bruno, Czech Republic, Prohaska, a natural athlete, began trading in Muay Thai at the age of 16 while serving in the Bruno Protective Service Academy and immediately upon graduation won the National Muay Thai Championships. He made his pro debut in 2012 with a first-round knockout of Stanislav Futera and then won his next three-by stoppage before getting knocked out by Bohan Vikolovic. In his 10th pro fight, he won the inaugural GCF light heavyweight title in a brutal fight with Martin Solk, knocking him out with a flying knee. He defended that belt seven times with six stoppages before signing with Risen and entered their light heavyweight Grand Prix, knocking out Satoshi Ishii with a head kick. Two days later, he scored a TKO over Vadim Nemkov, but later that night was knocked out by Muhammad Lawal. He bounced back from that loss by winning his next seven fights with six knockouts before challenging Luol in a rematch for the light heavyweight title. After a grueling two and a half rounds, Prohaska landed a series of hooks and uppercuts to claim the title. In his first defense, he took on Fabio Maldonado, stunning him halfway through the first round and knocking him out with a three-punch combination. In his last fight for Risen, he defended his belt against C.B. Dolloway, knocking him out with a right uppercut left hook combo. In early 2020, he signed with the UFC and in July took on number seven contender Volkan Ozdemir in an all-action brawl that sold over 100 punches thrown in the first round. Brohaska stunned Odemir with a head kick before finishing him with a right cross. On May 1st, 2021, he took on number three contender Dominic Reyes, engaging in another exciting back-and-forth slugfest until knocking Reyes out in the second round with a vicious spinning back elbow. A wildly unorthodox brawler who carries immense power in both hands, Prohaska also possesses excellent cardio, often overwhelming opponents with volume, and boasts a perfect 100% takedown defense. 
Glover Teixeira is 42 years old. He's six foot two with a 76-inch reach and a record of 33-7 with 18 knockouts and 10 submissions. From Sabriala, Minas, Brazil, Teixeira grew up in a rural community with no electricity before he moved to Danbury, Connecticut at 20 years old to find work as a landscaper. After watching old tapes of UFC 1 and 2, he decided he wanted to be like his idol, Hoist Gracie, despite having never previously heard of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He began training at American Tom Team in Connecticut and then spent some time at the pit in California training with Chuck Liddell. He began competing in grappling tournaments and made his MMA debut in June of 2002, losing by second-round knockout. Over the next nine years, he compiled a record of 17-2, including knockouts of Marvin Eastman and Rico Rodriguez before making his UFC debut in 2012 with a triangle choke of Kyle Kingsbury. He went on to beat Quentin Rampage Jackson and knocked out Fabio Maldonado and Ryan Bador before challenging John Jones for the light heavyweight title in 2014, losing by unanimous decision. After dropping a decision to Phil Davis, he bounced back with a rear naked choke of Open St. Prue, then won the performance of the night with a brutal first-round knockout of Rashad Evans. In 2016, he was knocked out by Anthony Rumble Johnson, and after bouncing back with a decision over Jared Cannonier, he was defeated in an exciting back-and-forth brawl by Alexander Gustafson after getting caught with three consecutive uppercuts, followed by a right hook. After dropping a decision to Corey Anderson, he had a career resurgence, defeating Carl Roberson by triangle choke, Ian Kudabala by rear naked choke, and Nikita Krylov by decision. In May of 2020, he took on perennial contender Anthony Smith, giving him a hellacious beating resulting in Lionheart losing several teeth, as well as a broken nose and orbital bone, and route to a fifth-round stoppage. Six months later, he faced Diego Santos in a savage war of attrition that saw him rock several times as the fight ebbed and flowed until Santos punched himself out with Teixeira reversing position and submitting him rear naked choke. On October 30th, 2021, he challenged light heavyweight champion Jan Blahovich, taking him to the ground and winning by a dramatic rear naked choke to become the oldest first-time champion in UFC history. One of the most well-rounded fighters in the division, Teixeira possesses world-class wrestling, over a decade of experience facing the cream of the light heavyweight division, as well as explosive one-punch knockout power in both hands. Will the unorthodox style and relentless pressure of Prohaska be too much for the new champion, or will the devastating power and elite-level grappling of Teixeira be enough to stop his young challenger as he seeks to cement his legacy as the very best in the division? Tune in Saturday night to UFC 275, and let's find out. All right, the headliner at UFC 275, Teixeira and Prohaska. Jared, who is winning this fight? Can the young buck do his thing, or is the career resurgence of Glover Teixeira too much? Yeah, throw that tail of the tape back up and tell me if anything stands out to you. Prohaska is one of my favorite, favorite fighters right now. I was like, guys that most people may or may not know about, I'm glad he's headlining. This is a must-see guy. And this fight reminds me of the hybrid fighters. Remember back in the day, there was like your wrestling guys and your boxing guys, and we started MMA so that jiu-jitsu could fight against kickboxing, could fight against Muay Thai, and we could figure out the best discipline. And then all of a sudden, these little kids started doing all of them. 
And when those little kids became adults, we called them hybrid fighters because they did all of those things a little bit. And the problem you had in the cage with a hybrid fighter when you were wrestler, boxer, yada, 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 they could show you things you had never seen before. This is one of the oldest and most experienced guys in the game in Glover Teixeira, and he's going to see things he's never seen before. This is a new age of fighter. This is a passing of the torch, passing of the guard. Teixeira's on his way out. Prohoshka's on his way in. There's a 13-year age difference, 14-year Oh, I love Prohoshka, man, and I think he runs through Teixeira. Teixeira is not, he got where he is winning fights he shouldn't have won. And uh, great last run, bro, but it's, it's, it's up. It's time to pay the piper. You're out of, you're out of your league here. Prohoshka's going to really destroy this guy. And that minus 200 or whatever they've got to ask, way too low. The Shevchenko fight, odds are too high. Prohoshka fight, odds are too low. They should reverse. This should be four to one odds. Prohoshka shows it's going to look like a firework display, man. This is going to be crazy. I don't know if Teixeira makes it out of the first round. Oh, wowzers. Okay. All right. Listen, I got the Prohoshka in effect big time here today. Much respect for the the Prohoshka do. I I said I was going to do it. I said I was going to do it, and I did it. I had to. Um... I think this fight's going to be a little tougher than you're suggesting. I I, I do think that Glover um, will survive the first. I'm not so sure about by round three. I think that's where, I, yeah, I think, look, Prohaska's young and athletic and strong and unorthodox. His takedown defense is as good as Kamara Usman's, Jace. so uh you know that takes obviously a big element of to share his game away potentially uh i I mean if he can unless he can defy the odds here in which case you know that would i pahaska's never been submitted in his career and um i don't see it happening on the biggest stage of his career (laughs) on the biggest night of his life i just don't see it you know (laughs) <laughs> oh, all right. No, that's good. I'll take that. I'll take that. He's a tough fighter. <laughs> I, yeah, I really like Prohoshka here. I don't see it. I do not see Teixeira being able to withstand what's going to be thrown at him tonight. BT Dubs, uh, Jace is also taking uh, Prohoshka tonight, uh, and he is taking Shevchenko in the co-main event. Yeah, I man, I, I feel I like Prohaska's the future here. Yeah, wildly off topic. I just have to throw this in. I forgot during the Cambosis recap with Devin Haney. I had gone through this long, drawn-out explanation how in the seventh round he was going to throw a left hook followed by a straight right hand. A minute, 19 seconds of round seven. Watch the punch and why he should have thrown that punch way, way more, because he did exactly what I said happened again in the ninth round, right at a minute 19. 
<laughs> so he did land that that uh, combination a few times, and it was the most success he had in the fight. And when I saw that in the seventh round, Brett wasn't in the last minute, like I said, but 19 seconds before it, beautiful. Um, that said, Prohashka, this is I, and I mean every list we've made. I I uh, I had Chimaev on one of mine, and he just took an ass with him. But uh, this is this is the guy of all of them. If I'm picking one guy, you should know what that spinning elbow. Who did he Who did he beat with that? Was it Reyes? Reyes. That that was the lead up to that. If you can come up with the girl that finished the fights with all the elbows coming straight in and doing the. I, well, she just put like ah vicious. You, you we're human beings, and we have the ability to reason, right? When you watch animals fight, they do it differently. When my daughter said, "Should I do jujitsu or boxing?" and I said, "If you were in a fight, you'd rather be a rattlesnake or a boa constrictor." Animals fight differently than human beings, but that girl with the elbows, this level from Prohashka, there are times in this game when you see animalistic stuff come out and you realize it's two animals trapped in a cage and they're going to see which one makes it out with their consciousness. And Prohashka fights at a level that, that, that intensifies that. It, you watch and you realize these are two animals trapped in a cage together. Because you get too much of that uh, sleep what Johnny Walker stuff. That's you. That's all human stuff he's doing. That's all thought out human stuff. Prohashka, there is an animalistic fire about this guy that I just love. By the way, tonight, if you want to play a little drinking game, every time... They say Bushido, you have to take a drink. Okay. <laughs> That's double digit shots. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. I I it's I rewatched uh Prohaska and, and Reyes, and uh it wasn't lost on me how many times they said Bushido during the night. So if you want to challenge yourself, people. That might be a fun way to really uh, enjoy UFC 275. Fight of the night, if it's not the ones that we just mentioned, it could very well be. Um, I, I think this this could very well be a fight of the night candidate. Wiley Zhang and Joanna Zajacek are going to go at it for a second time. Interestingly enough, my brother pointed out this to me. Neither lady has won a fight since they fought. Oh. That perhaps that battle to the death where uh, Jacek was unrecognizable, not won a fight between them since, and he wonders if maybe too much damage taken that evening. Wow, Tony with the takes, man. Well done, Tony. Which would be a damn shame, too, because, my goodness, uh, really, you know, who, who goes at it like these two? Wow. Yeah. Huh. 
Isn't that interesting? That and it's a very Tony thing this to come it, up with, isn't it? It's, and it it happens where where I gotta tell you, one of the things that stopped me from fighting was watching the trilogy between Ali and Frazier. And realizing that no matter what level you're on, no matter where you get to, no matter how good you get, that the the game is unforgiving. The fans are unforgiving. You're going to find that guy that's the most exciting fight for you. And you're going to... The game and the fans will drain that out of you over and over and over again for that for that entertainment value. And you watch Frazier and Ali and just going through the mentality of the people in that room. The coach who said he thought he was going to die and the fighter who said that's what they pay me for. Um, this can be a crazy game, man. And uh, that is a great take, Tony. Neither girl has won a fight since that war. Great take. What are they? 0-5? 0-6 too? It's, they both had a few fights. Yeah. Wow. Um, and having them fight each other, you don't get to know. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know we're about to do a flurry. Are we doing? Do you want me to share your parlay ticket, or was that just for my own amusement? Oh, no, share that. That's okay. That's the chance. I got all right. Uh, the only upset um, is not Talia Santos. I also like Trevor Bryan to beat Daniel DeBose. It's a plus 800. I put all these on a $1 ticket. You can see the win is about 20 grand. So they're not all going to happen. Berlanga gets upset. Uh, Sanders not going to be happy about that. Um, but all of these are on plus money. These are all the upsets I like. If you're, if you're taking a dog, make sure they're on this list. And we'll post this on the uh, Throwing Jabs Facebook page because... It might be a little bit hard to see. You might have to put your face up against the screen. But it, that will be posted, and we do want you to make some money. So that's how you're going to go about doing that. All right. Um, I guess we're at that point where uh, Jace does that really well. He goes, Jared, give us that flurry. <laughs> this week's flurry is called Your Corner. Um, and it occurred to me the other day, I had a really long talk with my daughter and I'm telling her that, that our reflection is basically who we are. Um, a car passes on the road, but did that car just pass? How would I know? It's not a figment of my imagination. If I can't turn to my daughter and say, did you see that car? Yeah, I saw that car. Okay. Okay. Now I've got the confirmation because we did it together without other people, without that reflection, how do we know anything at all for sure? And therefore, my view of myself, I said to my wife, I'm smart, you're beautiful, based on what? Based on a relative comparison to the rest of the people closest to us. So without that reflection from those other people, I'm not me, I have no talents, I have no gifts. They are all a reflection of the people standing around you. And the thought I got in my head is of diffusing a bomb. I'm trying to diffuse a bomb. 
and that the whole world's going to blow up if I'm unable to get this done. And I've got, you know, the directions and it's high pressure situation and it's tense and, and we're all going to blow up if I can't get this done. And I peek over my shoulder and somebody's watching me. Somebody's watching me do that with all of that pressure. Somebody is peeking over my shoulder. And when I look back, it's Joe. It's Jace. When we ended the show last week, we talked a little bit about the verse I wrote for this show. And you guys were talking about little parts of it that you liked. And it made me feel talented. And it made me feel smart and creative and, and gifted. And it made me feel good. And if I peek over my shoulder and I've got all that pressure and I see Joe or Jace there, I see my wife, Erica, I see my daughter, Trinity, I see my best friend, Dizzle. I know Dizzle standing back there going, that's the guy we want for the job right there. If anybody can get this done, it's going to be Jared. He's the person we want right there right now. And I look back and I see that face and I feel that I'm going to get this done. I know that the people in my corner believe in me and believe in my ability to be successful no matter what the task is. Now, sometimes we have people, I know you have people that when you peek over your shoulder, you get that critical, overbearing, ah, you're about to mess this up for all of us. We're all going to blow up and go to hell, aren't we? How did you end up being the person sitting there? Your ability or inability to defuse that bomb or be successful with whatever project you're trying to be successful with is contingent and dependent on those people in your corner believing that you can be successful. And when you have the wrong people in your corner, it'll often blow up in your face. Thanks. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jace, Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fist of cuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs We can expect another wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you don't have your home service for mosquito control and you find you're spending most of your outside time swatting those little pests, or you did have your yard sprayed but you still have bites all over your body, you're in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. All mosquito control service is not the same. 
They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product, one-size-fits-all service program. You can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for the season whatever it takes to provide superior results. The Promise has awarded them an industry-leading customer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCNCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade DeCesare and enjoy the rest of the summer mosquito-free. 